Real people. Real opinions. Real talk radio. The multi-award winning Niall Boylan Show. Hi, how are you? Now, Sarah, a mother who was living with her child in a flat where human excrement was dripping through her ceiling has begun a housing protest outside of Cork City Hall. That sounds awful. Yeah, now you might have, uh, you might recall this story from a good couple of months back now. Alina Marinescu, she's 36, and she had been living in a flat where, as you said, feces and urine dripped down the walls and seeped through the ceiling. Now, these are these were really, really Dickensian um, c- conditions. Yeah, we're talking about unbelievably so. So there was plum- plumbing problems, and. And Alina and her child were actually washing from a bowl in the kitchen, and she she said she said she was allegedly urinating in a bucket and had to dispose of the feces in plastic bags. I didn't know anybody. Had she no bathroom? There were people it, it said it just says plumbing issues there. So right, okay, okay. whatever whatever happened at the time, but it's months later now. She eventually ha- was forced out of the home because. There was a, a hole in the ceiling, so it was. Right. They were absolutely impossible um, living conditions. She was pregnant with the twins, with twins at the time. So can you imagine the um, the hygiene um, implications mm. there at, at play. So months later, now she's living in emergency accommodation. It looks like and. Um, She's she's begun a housing protest outside Cork City Hall. So she was saying that she doesn't understand the system here. And this is by an article by Liz Dumphy in the Irish Examiner. She said she just wants somewhere to rent that is safe for my family, where she can keep her dog. That must be a factor. It's it's very hard to find a place. It with is. That, yeah, I was going to that say that. That is a factor. A yeah, that's clearly a factor there as well. Yeah. Yeah, and there, there are some people that dog is like a, a member of the family, isn't there? Yeah. I mean, and, um, I'm assuming, so, has she had the babies yet? Because she was, you said she was pregnant at the time. Has oh, she- yeah, I thought I mentioned that. So she has the, the twins now, so there's even, she's even more to deal with on her hands. Right. And, um, yeah, so she, she was saying that, I think there was an offer of an apartment close to the um, old uh, apartment that she had, but the, uh, one of the factors that forced her out of her home or made, made things even worse was she had reported a neighbour. So I think she's. Um, it, it was this was due to alleged um, intimidating behaviour. So that's. Um, so she kind of rejected. She's rejected that. Yes, yeah, so she's rejected that one obviously, and she's waiting for something else maybe. Yeah, yeah. So she's she's hoping that the council will help her um, get a home. But mm-hmm. yeah, it's uh, it's an interesting update yeah. because S- sadly, and she, and she certainly would be priority having two little babies as well. And and I think she has another child too, doesn't she as well? So yeah, yeah, ex- exactly. So her that her son actually his school had. Ex- expressed horror with the child's living conditions a couple of months ago and they wrote a letter um, just trying to uh, trying to support the family and 
trying to galvanise the authorities into action, I suppose. Yeah. I think there there might have been um, a letter from a medical professional as well, just um, reiterating how dangerous it is to be living in these conditions when, when you, you are yeah. pregnant with yeah. twins. Yeah, she was pregnant at the time. Yeah. Of course. Well, look, another story here as well is interesting. Authorities have been urged to deal with a so-called ghost ship that has blighted the East Coast. Uh, this is washed up during the COVID-19 pandemic. Now, I actually remember this story because I remember Cork authorities telling people not to be going near it because people were suggesting we could go on a little tour of it or whatever it was because obviously it's quite old and probably not very safe. So is it still there? Um, it absolutely is. Um, so... Consultants were paid more than 36000 in 2022 to carry out this health and safety assessment of the wreck. How much? That's the MD Malta. How much? You heard, you heard right, 36000 36000 so just to have a look at it and decide whether you believe it's safe or not. <laughs> it gets worse. It gets worse. So this was washed um, onto onto rocks near Ballycotton in East Cork after um, Storm Dennis struck Ireland. That was in February 2020. And uh, so, so says... Um, uh, Podrick in the Irish Examiner. So it, it became a magnet for antisocial behaviour. There was fires, there was all kinds of things. So this is a ship built in 1976 and it had originally been on course from Greece to Haiti and the, and the um, Caribbean in October 2018 and the engines failed in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean. While the US Coast Guard rescued the crew more than... Uh, 2,000 kilometres off Bermuda, I think Bermuda, I think it was. The ship was abandoned, drifting all the way here to the Cork coast. Right. And since then, authorities have struggled to to deal with the remnants of the ghost ships because its owners can't be identified. What can you do? And uh, just destroy multi- it. Yeah, wait. <laughs> it sounds like you're going to take matters into your own hands. Don't. It says a multi-million euro bill will apply. For its removal, a multi-million ah, but just stop. How big bill. is it? How big is it? I don't know. It must be pretty big. Like, is it like a trawler, or is it like a big, huge c- container boat, like for con- oil, or well, like what it, is it? it? Is it, it, it just, just it a wooden as a, thing? A cargo, cargo vessel. Right. Um, okay. And uh, um, it's it's actually um, it's it, it's actually split. Um, so in January of last year, there was a, a, a near miss in incident involving the MV Alta and a massive oil tanker. So that was what what occurred. And uh, yeah, nice. we, it's here now and we don't know what to do with it. But but it's become uh, nearly a day out for people. People would say, will we go see this ghost ship? I, the name, I think, just... Yeah, let's be clear. Nobody died. Why are they calling it a ghost ship? Nobody's died on it. It sounds more exciting, doesn't it? Yeah, you're waiting to see Blackbeard come off. Hi there, me mateys. I'm Blackbeard, the ghost of the ship of Cork. That's what you're kind of expecting. You could come see it in September. Oh, when yeah. you're down with Karen, that would be something a yeah. fun um, birthday way to spend your birthday, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't expect to see Blackbeard or Jack Sparrow on it or anything like that. But I mean, anyway. also, we can get people to we can get people to dress up. I know you want to move on, but yeah. that, that would be a good kind of tourist thing, wouldn't it? Yeah, we could all dress, dress up. up yeah, who yeah. could you be? I could be Jack Sparrow. You, you could be Blackbeard. Um, 
funny. Yeah, but you'd have to get the accent right. Ahoy there, me mateys. Yeah, I'm working that. Give it a go. Yeah. It's like in, in, in when you're small and they're playing games, I used to always get the, like, we used to play the turtle, the, what, what are they called? The Ninja Mutant. Ninja Mutant, mutant to our hero turtles. Yeah, yeah, and I'd always have to be, um, what's the one? I don't know. They used to always just give me one, the turtles, and then the the better looking one would get to be April. Anyway, oh, that's okay. So you were like Donatello yeah, or something like that. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. But uh, given it, just before we move to the next story, because I'm just going to embarrass you now, I'm going to keep saying it. Oh, don't get me to do an impression. No, or I'm just saying, like dude, no. ahoy there, me mateys. Um, no, 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 oh, no. Okay. I'm okay. I get paid loads of money for it to come on the show to do. So go on. Okay. <laughs> yeah. right. More than you're actually paid at the moment. Is that what you're saying? Oh, yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Th- yeah. A court teenager has opened up about the Echo article that led to her adoption 19 years ago as part of an emotional reunion with a charity founder who made it all possible. Um, now, I've, I've had those emotional reunions many, many years ago when I met my own biological mother. But tell us a little bit about this story. Yeah, who would have thought that a, a little um, article in the Echo could, could lead to an adoption and a whole completely different life for someone? So this is a core of teenager anyway. The um, this this student um, she's she's an um, she's a college student. Amy Keneally is her name, and she lost her adopted mother Margaret there just over a year ago. So Amy's father Jack spoke about how Margaret had known she wanted to adopt from the age of 12, 12 years old. Would you believe that she was actually basically told in a dream that? she would rescue a child and that's what got it into her head. She had this dream when she was 12 and it never left her. She'd never told anyone. So this was an Echo article published on uh, March 25th, 2003 that that made her realise that this was the right time. It featured Fiona Corcoran from the Greater Chernobyl Cause and that set the process in motion. So Margaret was really moved by the piece. It it highlighted Amy's home in Kazakhstan and she wanted help uh, immediately. So the area where Amy was, uh, the the baby home where she was living, it had been the site of Russian uh, nuclear weapon testing for 40 years and it was one of few locations, would you believe, where the death rate actually exceeded the birth rate. Isn't that, isn't that great? incredible, yes. Yeah, yeah. So the first thing Margaret did after reading the piece was pack a bag with clothes and dolls for children in the orphanage. And she somehow felt connected to the babies and decided it was the right time to adopt. So her husband, Jack, said it was an option they had been discussing for decades. And the couple already had four children, Shane, Andrew, Colm and Niamh. So that desire to rescue a child only strengthened with with age. Margaret was 51 and Jack was 55. And they were already grandparents to, um, to, two, to two grandchildren. So, uh, But nothing was going to de- deter them from the school. So... Early, the reason they didn't adopt earlier on was because it, it wouldn't have been um, financially um, possible to do so. They had, they just had so much um, so much happening. And uh, Fiona Fiona actually described her first encounter with Margaret. So that would be Amy's adopted mum. 
So she said there was this woman had called to the office and when she asked for a description of the woman, all they could all they could tell her was, Oh, it was this woman and she was carrying a handbag. <laughs> carrying a handbag. <laughs> Let's find a woman in the world that's carrying a handbag. Okay, that yeah, narrows it down. Yeah. So yeah. she remembered really hoping that this woman would call back because she sensed that this was something important. And um she she returned an hour later and said that she wanted to adopt a child and it had already been discussed with her husband. And not long after that, the, the director of that same orphanage um, presented Fiona with a four-month-old baby asking if she could, quote-unquote, get her out of there. So his fear was that her medical situation, a- Amy um, has spina, spina bifida, so he he was afraid that this would scupper her chances of survival in the system. So babies at the facility, which is supported by the charity, the Greater Chernobyl Cause, they face a transition as children to Iaga Orphanage or Iaga. Um, the bill and the building was referred to in those days as a living hell. It had outdoor toilet facilities and temperatures plummeting to below minus forty degrees due to the terrible heating system and Amy um, also required medical treatment and she just basically wouldn't have survived so the the director was 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 basically saying to Fiona can you save her and little did he know that she had found her a family already and she remembers holding this baby in her hands and the director saying that this that she was very, she was very special, and he knew that she'd have a chance if they could just get her out mm-hmm. of there. So, um, That's incredible. Uh, yeah, the parents actually had a picture of Amy, and they uh, kept it on the bedroom mirror. So it took a few months, of course, before she arrived there. Mm-hmm. But her dad was saying that it got to a stage where he was looking at the photograph so much that he could hear Amy's voice, uh, <laughs> even though she's a baby, she wasn't uh, talking yet, but he was saying, she, he used to hear her saying, what's, what's taking you so long? Um, what, what's keeping you? And it's then a lovely when story, they, isn't it? Yeah, it's an incredible yeah, story. I, lo- I love reunion yeah. stories like that. And there's so many of them, of course, particularly here in Ireland as well. We've had so many people were put up for adoption and, you know, we hear reunion stories all the time. And some can be good, some can be not so good. But most of them are nice stories. Anyway, a historical piece published in The Echo this week highlighting the measures people were forced to take during this horrendous time of the emergency that included cutting the toes from their children's shoes and calling them sandals. I think, by the way, the way the cost of living crisis is going at the moment, we'll be forced to do that again. I know. I was thinking this could actually double up as some um, budget tips for us, tips for people yeah. like me on a budget. Well, you don't have to buy them shoes at all. You could just paint laces on their feet and just pretend they're oh, shoes. Oh, well, you've got the right idea now. And I'll tell you why, because that one of the measures was they would actually paint the seams of the tights at the back of the legs, so it would seem. Remember when those oh, yeah. nylons are really uh, yeah. popular at the time, and so to give the illusion of nylons, they they would actually paint them at the back of their legs. So right, you've okay. been through this before, obviously. <laughs> yeah. Have you? Have you been through no, this? No, yeah. no, I've been We were poor when I was young, but we weren't that poor. <laughs> so you, yeah, you didn't. You weren't around the time of the emergency, anyway, were you? No, yeah, I, I no, I'm not that old. Second, yeah. No, I'm not that old, Sarah. Not, that, not um, yet. Getting there. 
yeah, yeah. Um, so it's it, he was talking about how it's people responded with resilience and the self-sufficiency born out of adversity and um, need. That was Ray Ryan talking in the in the Echo. So I'll I'll tell you some of the measures. Will I that yeah, go ahead, to yeah. take? So. If this one makes me feel really bad because it said if heels were were worn, they send they send them to the cobbler. But I send my shoes to the cobbler all the time. So yeah, not that's a kind of dying trade, there. isn't it? Because shoes are just disposable now, so it's a kind of dying trade. Oh God, my shoes! I've I've had the same shoes for for so long. I always get them rehealed. So yeah, mm. I. But I think yeah, if you got a good pair of shoes, hold on to them because they're so oh, hard. I to do find. that all the time. I I wear um, my shoes. I wear the same shoes all the time, right? And then I buy another when they wear out. I buy another pair. Now I do have a spare pair, obviously, and I have a good pair then for suits and stuff like that. But I but I'm not one of these people who does you know just wears a different pair of shoes every day or something like that. Couldn't be arsed doing stuff like that. Oh, did I say the word arsed? There you go, I did. And I couldn't be arsed doing something like that <laughs> um, you know I think I think people nowadays have just become disposable when it comes to shoes and so the dying trade certainly is things like a cobbler's or a seamstress or those kind of you know trades yeah so maybe it's time we went back to basics so the the emergency that was from 1939 to 1945 I believe right so at the time men sharpened razor blades with edging stones yeah. are you taking notes I hope yeah, you are yeah I am I am taking um, notes bread soda instead of toothpaste they polished shoes with black soot from the fireplace and <laughs> uh, so um, this one's for Karen so w- women use beetroot juice for lipstick Good. you can give her that tip when when you okay. get home now I don't think she's going and to do that I wouldn't be I wouldn't like no, to kiss imagine kissing somebody with a taste of beetroot <laughs> juice off their lips I didn't think I didn't think of that. Yeah, yeah. there'd have to be no kissing involved. No. And um, so they were drawing fake seams with eyebrow pencils, and that was on the back of their legs. And um, mm. there is something else as well. Did I tell you about the pillowcases? Did I say about the pillowcases? No, you didn't say about the pillowcases. And they made blouses from their daughters from pillowcases and turned flower bags into tablecloths. Right. Were flower bags at the time really huge or something? Yeah, but they were. Yeah, but you would have had a large, which is like a sack muslin type material, you know, like a sack. Flower would have been in sacks. Oh, yeah, we didn't, I know, they, I know what you mean. Yeah, things that makes didn't sense, come. Though, See, people don't it? understand. People didn't. Things didn't really come in paper or paper bags or tins or. Well, did now tins have been around for a good while, but but you know what I mean. Paper like wasn't a thing. Plastics weren't a thing really. Yeah, yeah, and everything came, um, everything's so much smaller now. Yeah, drinks all came in bottles, yeah. Yeah, that's that's true. And we and we blame the previous generation for our problems, and they were really so sustainable, weren't they? Yeah, well, there, we well there's now a, there's now a whole years. train of thought that we should go back to using bottles again rather than plastics. So we should go back to you know refilling bottles. In other words, you know, you buy your lemonade and your coke and everything else and your milk, and you get it in bottles, and then you bring the bottles back. And that's what we used to do when I was a kid. My mum would give me all the you know the Canton and Corkin or whatever TK bottles. I'd bring them over to the shop, and you got like a penny back for every bottle you brought back. So I'd be making out like a bandit. I had 10 pence if I had 10 bottles so I could buy a packet of crisps and an ice pop. Yeah, I do remember there being big um, uh, bags of cans and you get like a pound for every... Um, ah, we didn't have cans. Every big bag. We didn't yeah, have yeah. Uh, and that was your generation. Old, That's your generation. Pounds. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> Bottles. But, but yeah. Um, so but it was hard. I can imagine it was hard times. You know what I mean? And people wore... 
you know, the same clothes all the time. They'd have their Sunday clothes and then they'd have their just their daily clothes. And that was it. They probably just had one set of clothes. You know what I mean? That they yeah. Wore. yeah. We don't know how lucky we do. I mean, people, I know we talk about the cost of living crisis, right? But people don't realise how lucky they actually are when you think, no, I, I shouldn't say that because that sounds bad when I say it like that. But we are reasonably lucky. Like we've all these extra bills like mobile phones, internet, Netflix, all these kind of things. None of that was around, obviously, at the time. And yet we still didn't have enough money. So, so like, people are nowadays, are, we have a much better lifestyle. Yeah, I didn't, um, I didn't think of all that extra bills. But it's, mm. it's, it's crazy when you think that we can't survive on two incomes now. When before there was only I know. one. Yeah, there was only mm. one. And, and we had money to spare, probably, if you had a decent income, if you go back 30 years ago. But, and we had none of the bills that you have now. I mean, there's about at least five or six extra bills. I mean, your average parent has to pay like for two teenagers phone bills as well. We never had that when we were, you know, my parents paid for nothing that I had when I was 15. I was working a part-time job when I was 15, 16 years of age. So yeah. all we have to do is get rid of our Netflix and our televisions and start making blouses out of um, or sell our children. Cases or sell, our, sell, sell the children. children. Yeah, sell the children. And uh, <laughs> soda. What, what do we say soda bread? I, I can't remember. So, yeah, soda, soda bread for brushing your teeth. It was a sort of soda powder, whatever, for brushing your teeth. And a timber tea chest was another one, another trick they had. You turn it into a playpen. That's right, yeah. With a, a worn rubber bicycle tyre. Back to the room. <laughs> <laughs> I can't read anymore. This is right, it, it is. Right, but listen, yeah. but, just, but just before we go, right, just before we go, Sarah, and it's been wonderful talking to you once again. And you know the way you like, we're good buddies now at this stage and you, you'd kind of do anything for me and I'd do anything for you. And so, ahoy there, me mateys. <laughs> ahoy, pirates. <laughs> that's what we we'll say. That's what we we'll say every, every. That'll be like your new catchphrase when 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 uh, you're starting the show. You go, "Hell, ahoy, pirates!" Like Abby, land lovers. That's how we we'll start every show. Yeah. Yeah, we, we need to all get to myself, yourself, and Karen. We're going down to that ghost ship, and we're getting dressed up. You can be Blackbeard. I'll be Jack Sparrow. I don't know what Karen will be. Yeah, it's going to be great for the Cork tourist industry. I'm, yeah, I'm telling yeah. you, we have all these ideas. And, and we can bring them on little uh, tours. To to we can bring them yeah. on little tours, like, I don't know, 10 each. We bring them on a tour and we'll, we'll tell them the whole history. That We'll make up a history. It won't be we'll real. We'll just make it up. Yeah, exactly. that's what I'm This boat yeah. is 500 years old. Be careful. The yeah. timbers are creaking. Oh, I love it. I love it. Yeah. So hopefully they don't um they, they don't get it removed anytime soon and um And you say like be careful or you might hear the sound of the ghost of Captain Pugwash. <laughs> Captain Pugwash. Yeah, how do we how do we get to talking about pirates and okay. Captain Pugwash and Thank you very much indeed, Sarah. I shall talk to you next week. It's been wonderful as usual. Thank you. Okay, you're welcome. Bye. Real people, real opinions. Real Talk Radio, the multi-award winning Niall Boylan Show. Oh.